everyone. I'm your host, Christina Laney-Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we will continue our Sustainable Leaders series and have a talk story with Phil Acosta. He is with Aloha Harvest. I'll introduce him shortly. We will be learning about the amazing nonprofit both focused on eliminating hunger by preventing food waste and how their process works, how to get involved, and what their future looks like for our community in need. Aloha, Phil. Hello, Christina. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, what I'm going to do real quick is read his bio. And what we have here is Phil assumed the position as executive director of Aloha Harvest on September 2019 and has since modernized their fleet and doubled its staff. With the onset of COVID-19 pandemic and the resulting economic crisis, Phil has led the Aloha Harvest team to step up and meet the community's growing need for food assistance, nearly tripling the volume of food that they redistribute throughout Oahu and quadrupling the organization's operating budget. Prior to Aloha Harvest, Phil and his family started up their own nonprofit organization in January 2016, and um, he's actually the first uh, second person, a second time on my podcast because we had him for a different podcast on this nonprofit, providing homeless services to under-resourced communities of the North Shore, Central, and Leeward Oahu, and then serving as one of the founding officers and executive director of that. Um, and he also currently volunteers as the governance chair for Waikiki Health Center of Board of Directors. Um, he's also dabbled into IT um, with the Hawaii State Department of Human Services and U.S. Department of Defense. He was also an educator for over 10 years, working with children from pre-kindergarten to 12th grade you would think he is in his 80s and retiring with all these different types of jobs, but he's not. He's actually looks really young. <laughs> I actually don't know his age, but he, he does look young. Um, no gray hairs that I see. <laughs> Lots of gray hairs. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. That's, that's, that's the thing. So anyhow, that is Phil, and we are going to dive into Aloha Harvest. I'm, I'm so enthused. I, I didn't know I was your first two-timer. Yeah, oh, you are. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you're definitely, you should. No. <laughs> Anyhow, but what I wanted to do was maybe just jump into your family growing up here. I know that if you listen to his other podcasts, we probably did the same. But if you don't, it's been a while, maybe almost two years or mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, so why don't you dive into that and then jump into your family? Because I didn't mention your family, but I wanted you to. Sure. Um well, you know, I, I come from a large family. Actually, I was born in the Philippines, came here when I was 10. Um, nine nine kids, uh, plus my parents, so a household of 11. There was so many of us. took us several times, uh, three trips to all make it to, uh, from the uh, Philippines to Hawaii. And so uh, we lived in a tiny house uh, out in Hawaii and I. Um, I looked at the uh, property information online, actually. It was listed as 550 square feet. Two bedrooms, one bath, 11 people. Wow. The math doesn't add up, but we made it work. And so, you know, growing up poor, you know, relying on social services and food pantries, a lot of the work that I do now or that I've done in the last uh, five, six years really, you know, goes back to my roots. And I understand where the people are coming from. And I feel very fortunate to be on the other side of the table now to be able to provide the services to the community. So, you know, I'm truly grateful for where I am and, you know, the, the work that we do. I'm very proud of that. And I'm also very proud of uh, my family. Uh, my wife, uh, she's uh, she's a nurse, uh, nurse manager with the uh, Veterans Affairs. She's been with them for nearly 20 years. And we have two wonderful children, college age, uh, turning 18 soon. One's a, a sophomore at University of Pacific and another one's a freshman at UCLA. So, uh, yeah, that's me. That's my family, my background, and, you know, really, really grateful to be in a position where we're at now where we can actually help help people in the community. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest, most important thing is if you've come from a place, it's you can connect with people much easier, I guess, when you were in their shoes, right? And, and 
I know growing up, there was a point in our life where we had a situation where, you know, we were thrown into that. And so I went from, you know, being in a position where we had everything to not having everything. So you kind of, you learn really quickly and then you have a different mindset. And a lot of it is the things you go through in life help create who you are and then, you know, what you end up doing, right? And and when you can connect one-on-one with someone because of something you've gone through and you can relate in that way, I guess there's this level of trust that you just have with that person or people in general. And then um, things can really happen. Absolutely. Things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me also, because of um, where I came from and where I'm at now, it's, I don't really look at it as work per se. It's, it's really more of a personal mission for me to be able to make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand it. That's where I came from. And so, you know, I, I, I love what I do. I, I do. It's, it's, it's so fulfilling. You don't really understand it until you're actually doing it. But for me, I, I do. I, I, love, I love my job. And I love that I can make a difference. So yes. And awesome. we all can. And that's, that's the key, right? So no matter what you're doing, there is a way for all of us to contribute as a human to society, to our community, and we will learn some ways today with Aloha Harvest. So diving into Aloha Harvest, um, for some of you who don't know what Aloha Harvest is, um, Phil, could you just dive into the history of, of Aloha Harvest and then also how it works so we have a better idea? So the organization was founded uh, back in 1999, so we've been in operations for over 20 years now. Um, and we are the largest food rescue organization in Hawaii. And uh, for those folks that don't know what food rescue is, essentially, you know, our, our mission is very simple. We, we want to alleviate hunger. We want to eliminate food waste. And so we proactively go out in a community and work with businesses to recover unsold or uneaten, um, um, you know, food products or food resources and redistribute that to the community and we do that free of charge and so you know over 20 years we've uh, rescued over 27 million pounds of food prevented that from going to waste we've worked with over a thousand partners in the communities including donors and you know social service agencies that help us to distribute that food um, last year alone we processed over four million pounds of food yeah, I know. Various programs, so it's it's been quite a bit, uh, you know, quite a bit of an increase in the last year. Obviously, with the pandemic hitting um, the islands and a lot of people kind of hurting uh, financially, um, the food assistance need really just skyrocketed. And interesting thing is that you know, the trend uh, points to the fact that it's going to be a long recovery, and so it's it's not going to be you know. Folks are slowly coming back, but, you know, unemployment is still high. And the thing is, you know, there's so many ways that we can help the community. And, you know, for us, our focus really is on um, making sure that we utilize the food resources that we do have to the best of our abilities. And, you know, a good part of that is just redistributing it to the folks that need it rather than, you know, putting it to waste. Yeah. And so who would you say are your biggest donors like I guess more industry wise right because I mean I could see when I worked at hotels in Maui for example man when I worked in banquets <laughs> there was a lot of wasted yeah, food yeah, and I'm just and right and you're just we weren't even able to touch it um and it would just it would literally get thrown away and you're just like and some of this stuff is like lobster, you know, I mean, there's like good food that I would want to eat because I couldn't afford to eat that kind of food, but they were going to throw it away. And I'm just thinking, I mean, you know, and with how booming the economy was with tourism and they probably had so much food that could probably or has or has gone to you guys. How has the pandemic you know, affected that? Like, did you all of a sudden stop getting all the food from hotels? Or Yeah, well, you would think with all the hotels that we have in Hawaii, they would be one of the larger industries that we would be, um, you know, recovering food from, but that's not the case. And so, you know, mostly that's on us building that relationship with the properties and, you know, uh, educating them of the benefits that 
the you know benefits of them donating to a nonprofit, as well as the um, the liability. You know, there, there's um, legislation there that protects them from that, and so there's you know little to no liabilities in donating, and there's that um, that um, uh, you know potential for the uh, the tax tax benefits from donating to a nonprofit. But you know we we need to do a better job at doing that. Yeah. Could you explain, because I didn't know this, I was doing my research for this podcast, right? And so I was wondering about food quality and hmm. how it all works and who's to say this food is good or not and how it gets approved. So then I saw like the Good Samaritan Act, right? Hmm. So could you explain that a little bit more? Because I didn't know and I right. had no idea. So it's right. good to know that. So it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's a federal legislation. So it covers, you know, everyone. And that's something that a lot of the, uh, the food rescue organizations around the country um, are working to educate the public. And that, you know, in good faith, if you're making a, a good faith donation, that um, the, the food is of good quality and is, you know, fit for human consumption, it does relieve you from... Uh, you and everybody else that's um, involved in the food rescue and redistribution process, it protects you from liability. And mm -hmm. so there is that, and there's some um, legislation here, um, you know, locally as well at the state level. And the county is also looking at uh, passing additional, um, you know, uh, bills and ordinances regarding food waste and just processing, processing that in, in a more, um, uh, you know, uh, responsible way. Yeah. And so it's, you know, we need to do a better job in educating the public that there's a much better way to deal with excess food than throwing it away, having it end up in either at the incinerator, which creates toxic ash, which affects the environment, or it sits in a landfill where it rots and it emits, you know, uh, greenhouse gases and that, you know, affects the climate as well. And so, you know, there's so much things that we could do just to, one, uh, provide a boost to the economy with the local businesses, but also to reduce our carbon footprint and, you know, and the environment by preventing, even preventing things from going towards the waste stream. Now, do you guys also have a portion of your nonprofit focused on education or is it you really just the man hours that you're putting into doing the work? In the past, a lot of it has been just kind of um, focused on processing the food. Um, and especially during this uh, pandemic in the last uh, 10 or 12 months, um, you know, going into 2020, we had a lot of plans of, you know, the collaborating with um, uh, Zero Waste Oahu, Sustainable Coastlines, uh, Community Compost Movement, just so that we can have, you know, the, the goal was to create a zero waste environment mm -hmm. where whether it goes towards people or goes towards towards animal feed or to, goes towards composting, composting yeah. all the food that we produce will go to good use in Correct. some you know some some it's form. like a, a a whole closed cycle i think because in order for hawaii to be sustainable we have to find ways to where we're not exporting our trash out and we're not importing everything in Absolutely. and if we are able to come up with a system where mm -hmm. we can work it all within our state i think we will be just much better off and less reliable right on outside sources and this to me is a huge one because maybe we can talk about some of the stats because i think it's alarming when someone i mean i guess you can see it like how much food i was looking online it was like 40 percent 40 percent is just wasted yeah i yeah. mean globally the trend points towards 35 to 40 percent of food that is produced goes to waste yes and that's and, and that's our country or the, the whole global global yeah our country is probably a higher rate probably. i'm sure that the people across the world could live off of our food waste amount i mean with how much we create could probably feed all the hungry in this world i'm just I mean, assuming even, even here on on island on oahu just looking at past um waste composition studies and that's most of it um we don't have a lot of data to go with because there's not been a lot of um, effort put into kind of tracking food waste but just looking at the waste composition where uh, over 20 percent of the stuff that goes into the landfill just here on oahu is food waste Mm -hmm. Not not counting greenery or you know organic waste, but 
specifically food waste. Twenty percent mm -hmm. of the stuff that goes into the landfill is food waste, and that's like over nine hundred uh, nine hundred million tons of uh, of food that goes in into the landfill. And you know, how could we do a better job of one diverting that from the waste stream, and two doing a better job of you know, if it's fit for people to eat, let's give it for people to eat. It, obviously, there's a lot of people that's, um, you know, hungry. You, we saw it in the last um, last year. The, these, uh, you see these massive lines for uh, food assistance, right? Uh, but also at the same time, you know, it's like it was super cold this morning and it's been super cold in the last week. It's That's not normal, right? And our past, this past summer, has been the hottest ever. Yeah. That, that just didn't happen. You know that that's been happening because of something else that we're doing to the environment. So a lot of that stuff, you know, we, we most people don't understand that um, the the fact that we keep throwing things away, yeah, the, our rate of consumption. Could you that, explain that a little a bit more about the greenhouse gases? Because I think um, people don't realize that with food. Right. So you know when when like the wet stuff that sits and it rots and it starts to emit um, uh, the greenhouse gases. You know, that, that's part of this, that's part of the, the process, product. yeah. Um, also here, um, interestingly enough, in, in on Oahu, um, a good portion, I think about 80% of the, the, the um, trash that we process goes through the incinerator first. And so um, there's, there's less of the actual mass that goes into the landfill, but the ash, product yeah. of the incineration process is that toxic ash that goes into the landfill. And so, you know, in one way, shape or form, the stuff that's not being consumed in a responsible way, it ends up hurting the environment. Right. And so um, it's it. And we need to do a better job, uh, you know, explaining that and educating the public and going back to your previous point earlier about reaching out to our hotels. Um, yeah, if, if they understand that, you know, they're- They're not they're liable. Free, for, they're free yeah. of liability. They, they have the, um, the, the, tax, the um, credits. tax credits. And, you know, in some way, you know, it helps their sustainability. Um, Image. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> right, and it could and be an, a marketing piece if they choose absolutely. to. Absolutely, and it's, it should be a no-brainer, right? And so that's some of the things that we need to work on. We need to partner with people in the community that can help us tell the story better, uh, we need to invest in our people, more people mm -hmm. to actually do the work in um, educating and, you know, getting people on board um, to, you know, just supporting our, our, our Mission, work in, yeah. in food rescue. For sure. Um, there's a couple things. I did see a few other websites that do similar things across the U.S. And, um, I do remember I was in a conference last year and it came across um, one of the speakers that came and I thought of you because of it. And it was um, 412foodrescue.org. And then when I told you about it, you're like, oh, yeah, we're already talking with them. And so I didn't know what came out of it, but maybe you can kind of explain what some other organizations are doing and maybe if this is something we might move in that direction of on our state or with you guys, um, because it was kind of neat. They had an app and they have um, a way to have volunteers partner, right? It was like a thing like that. Maybe you can explain that since you probably know it better than I do. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, uh, forward to along with other uh, food rescue organizations around the country, you know, we're seeing maybe two main um, trends that are emerging from that. One, uh, leveraging technology, and two, you know, more of a push towards local agriculture, you know, moving towards sustainability. Um, so on the local agriculture side, I mean, there's a big push now towards uh, looking at off-grade um, off produce, uh, things that may be um, wasted out on the fields or never makes it to market. There's a huge potential for us. Oh, like, in, in, you mean the, like ugly produce? Yeah, like ugly yeah. produce. So, I mean, there, there's a lot, of, there's several now that have gone and um, successfully um, created these revenue generating um, activities for them to sustain that just through ugly produce. But also there's there's produce out there that never actually make it into 
never get processed. The grocery stores, right. yeah. So they, they get grown, you use water, you're using up land, you're using up manpower, mm -hmm. um, you're using, you know, uh, fuel to transport and all that stuff. But it, it never you know, it never makes it to market uh, for some reason or another, whether it's misshapen or miscolored, mm -hmm. wrong size, or just um, excess. There's a big push now nationally, though it's been for quite some time, to capture more of that. And, you know, in that process, you help to support the local agriculture um, there. And, you know, you work towards being more sustainable. You talked a little bit earlier about importing all this stuff um, into Hawaii. Yes, we have to do that. But could we do less? I think so, we yeah. could. Could we grow more locally? We could absolutely do that. But part of that also is how much of the stuff that we're actually growing is not making it to people's plates. How much of that is being wasted? And if there's there's even a small percentage of that, I'd like to be part of that conversation mm -hmm. um, and, you know, recover that and then get it to somebody's plate. So the, the waste that happens, you know, stuff that goes uneaten or unsold yesterday, I would like to see it end up on somebody's plate today. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow it doesn't become a waste. Yeah, maybe so, it's not in a salad per se, but maybe it's in a stew. Absolutely, <laughs> right absolutely. Or even, you know, um, you know, overwrite things, right? Value add products. Yeah, those are things that we Well, they do. have stores like right. that in the mainland they now, do. right? Where you can go and it's like really, really inexpensive. Or they even, I can't even remember what I saw. It was something, it's probably a Netflix I saw, but they had... It was an actual, either maybe a nonprofit or a business now, and that's all they do is collect ugly food. Yes. And they have piles of this. Right. Like, it's just, I couldn't believe, if it's more than they could, I think, even manage at that point. And it was so much, and it's just all given away or, or donated or something right. to people. Right, so but, definitely, yeah. we, we could do a lot more of that. And, you know, there's, there's, there's this uh, growing trend, um, you know, moving towards that. And the other trend that we're seeing nationally also is just leveraging technology, uh, whether it's a mobile application, um, you know, uh, or, you know, something else that's uh, like, uh, you know, just leveraging uh, online platforms where folks can either donate or they can help to rescue food. Uh, those are things that we're moving towards as well, because um, uh, in addition to the, the food resources that we're not tapping into, there's also the community that mm -hmm. we're not really tapping into as well as we should. I mean, you know, your listeners probably some, you know, some ears have perked up and want to say, you know, how can I get involved? And so by utilizing technology, we could actually, you know, uh, enlist folks to become uh, like with the 412, the, the application that they, they developed was a food rescue hero. And so folks can actually sign up online, almost like an Uber Eats for, um, for food rescue where you, you could you could sign up and um, pick as a up, volunteer yeah, pick up a donation and then you don't you, get paid guys no no absolutely you, <laughs> you don't do get it out of more, the heart <laughs> yeah so you don't get you, you don't get the um you don't get paid quite that's why I said kind of like um but you know utilizing your 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 own vehicle that you know and then that helps us you know we don't have to invest as much in our fleet and our manpower but if we can have like a small army of folks that are helping us to do these uh, smaller scale off our food rescues, whether it's a, um, uh, you know, extra food from a catering event or, you know, maybe extra food from someone's backyard, whatever it might be, and just connecting them to maybe a, a food pantry or, a, 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 you know, a social service agency that has some kind of a feeding program. So, like, I would say... A similar idea is like Meals and Wheels, but those, it's like, you know, you would sign up for a specific day every week, right? And you're that shift and, and everything. But this kind of allows you to make your own schedule or if you just wanted to try it once and, you know, you're available at this time and it's a 30 minute time slot and, and someone can, and it'll say, hey, this, all this food here needs to be picked up at these 10 different locations and then deliver to these 10 other locations mm -hmm. and you can just pick up a route, right? Absolutely. And then you go there, pick up the food, drop it off. And, and then you check off that you've done that. And that's, it could be that simple. Absolutely. And that's how it yeah, ha it's yeah, working. It in take the 15 to 30 minutes out of your day between your commute from work to home. Something as simple as that. And the thing with food rescue is 
the it's time sensitive <laughs> it is time sensitive one and but the availability of food can fluctuate on a daily basis right you might have a party with like 10 trays of uh you know meat or rice or whatever that wasn't served or consumed but next day you only have maybe a couple of bags of canned goods that's coming so it, it's there's the ability for the the technology to connect the people in real time which is, I think, is really cool. And you yeah. know, that's something that we're working towards. We, uh, you know, that's one of the projects that we have that we've kind of set aside, um, you know, during our pandemic um, response. A lot of the things that we had planned for 2020, unfortunately, you know, just kind of got, got um, you know, put on the back burner for a little bit because of the emergency need, need. That, yeah. that was in the community. But definitely we want to go back to that. We're going to go back to um, Waikiki and, you know, start, um, you know, recruiting more of our hotels. Um, we've done a really, really good job um, with our local grocers here, um, Foodland, um, Whole Foods, right. Times. Yeah. Uh, they've all been very um, supportive, but could we could we recruit more? Absolutely, we could. Um, restaurants may take... Because right now, if they're not working with you, does it just go to the dump? They, they're either working with us... With the food bank, uh, they may work with... Um, okay, so they directly, might work directly, directly with the people. With the okay. social service, but for the most part, if, you know... If, but for the most part, you know, if it's if they're not working directly with us, um, a, a good chunk of that is going to waste. And, um, you know, we, we want to prevent that. Because, yeah, we, we could put that food to good use. I mean, me growing up as a kid, I was food insecure. And I wished I, I had access to the foods that, you know, the, the, the bento or the deli, the stuff that's sitting at the deli counter yesterday, you know, goes back, goes to the back of the house, mm -hmm. right? And then I wish I had that when I was growing up, you know, instead of... I'm so sorry. <laughs> My phone okay. is on silent <laughs> and it's still it's, ringing. It's very persistent. You know, I don't so know. maybe it's, I, I, I'm assuming it's one of your listeners. Yeah. And then like, you know what? Get me connected with Phil right now. I don't. I want to learn more about food rescue and sign up for that. I promise. My phone has been on silent. I don't know how it's acting up, but it's this person really wants to reach me. They're very persistent. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, we, we just need to do a better job and, you know, by our rough estimates, we're only capturing about two to three percent of what what's um, what's you know, you know possible, you know, in capturing the excess food, and you know if we could grow that by another two, three, four percent, you know, if we did you know four million pounds last year, we could do another six million pounds this year. How much have you been doing before COVID? Prior to COVID, we averaged um, one point five to about 1.8 million pounds of food that we recover uh that translates to roughly about uh, 250 to 300 um, thousand pounds per month in um that's on that's on a, on a good month um yeah and COVID, during the pandemic we started to purchase um local goods as well we started to purchase directly from the farmers as well were you able to get additional funding for yes, that during did. the yeah, COVID so we were fortunate we were able to secure some cares act funds for it uh, but, you know, with all the, that that we did, we, you know, by and large, a good chunk of um, the business came from food rescue. Mm -hmm. Folks stepped up, our wholesalers, our grocery stores. Um, obviously, we, we got, um, you know, the donations from restaurants and hotels dried up after the initial few weeks. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've been busier, you know, you know more than ever. Yeah. And, I feel like a lot of the nonprofits that are serving the community, um, it's it's something that if there's funding for it, then they've definitely mm -hmm. like I'm on the board with Catholic Charities Hawaii and um, just helping with the the um, the program that they got for all of the rent the rental mm -hmm. program. I mean that was a big endeavor. Absolutely, I mean it's, it's a big it's, endeavor. It's eye opening when you know you really you think about it. Um, yeah, studies have been done as far as how many people are food insecure or how many people are living paycheck to paycheck or just on the verge of poverty, right? And yeah, we, we heard numbers, we've seen some stats, but when the crisis actually came, you know, it was kind of sobering to, to see, to actually see how many people there are 
and it's a lot more than you know what what the studies show and so you know it's a good indication of how unstable and how um, uh, unsustainable our current food system is and that's you know a good part of our mission is working towards being more resilient being more sustainable at you know creating the food system and as us as an organization as well so that we can continue to help the folks that are out there in need mm -hmm. so I wanted to dive into a lot of the food that's not edible. And I think, I'm assuming you, you get those um, or food comes in and maybe it, it has to go somewhere else and it can't be consumed um, by humans. So maybe we could talk about things like the pig farms and then composting because those two have been top of mind for like when I worked with Surfrider Foundation and the ocean-friendly restaurants, um, although they focused on single-use plastic to get rid of things like that and the, the different things. Actually, we have a podcast we will be definitely just pushing out really soon in like a week or so um, from the Surfrider. So they'll be talking about all of like the Bill 40 and stuff. But then there's an extension to their ocean-friendly restaurants in regards to food waste. Mm -hmm. So um, there's different reaches that a restaurant could go to to get that food waste to the right parties versus it going to the landfill or the uh, H power. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit and um, maybe some partnerships that can form in the future. Absolutely. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were really making a big push towards creating these uh, partnerships. Um, you know, Surfrider and Zero Waste Oahu were, um, you know, those organizations that were helping us make the connections in the community. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, unfortunately we had to reshift our focus and our resources and we went into emergency response mode. But going into 2021 now, definitely the desire and the need is still there for us to work more collaboratively with the folks in the community. Um, you know, Aloha Harvest doesn't have to do all of it and we don't want to do all of it because we don't have the capacity to do that. Rather, we'd love to reach out to folks like EcoFeed or Community Compost Movement, uh, where they can help us, you know, the food that's being produced, if 40% of that is going to waste, um, when can we redirect that and feed people? Um, if it's not fit for human consumption, can we redirect that and work with organizations so that it can feed animals? If what are not, the, what then, are the know, um... go towards um, composting. Mm -hmm. So that the eventual goal is that we create a zero waste environment where everything that we produce has a purpose. It goes to a good use. Yeah. So could you name a couple of organizations or businesses that do take some of these, just out of curiosity, that you know off the top of your head? Um, I know that, I mean, there's desire and there's been um, some uh, pilot projects. Um, I don't know of specific restaurants, but I know um, uh, with the community compost movement, um, I believe. Um, uh, community compost movement is the name of an actual yes, nonprofit, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, they have started, um, they've partnered up with uh, Zero Waste Oahu and they've partnered up with a few restaurants on the North Shore. And they're starting to do that where they're recovering the excess food instead of going into the, the, uh, trash, into the yeah. trash, it goes into the compost bin. And then they're, they're starting to do this on a more, um, on, on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So I think they're starting, um, they have a few um, restaurants out on the North Shore and a couple on the Windward, um, uh, Windward side as well. I don't have um, specific businesses, but I know that that's something that they're working towards. And we'd love to, I would love to have a situation where, you know, like uh, one of our, uh, our top uh, grocery grocery chains here locally. I don't want to name them, but put them on the spot. But uh, we're in almost every one of their stores island-wide. Mm -hmm. And we recover like three to 400 pounds from each store. And, and we make this stop um, daily. Um, if we had a process where, you know, we could do a better job of sorting that. So stuff that comes in through their loading docks, It'll go out to the floor, stuff that doesn't get sold. It goes to the back, and then it gets compartmentalized. This is stuff that goes to a little harvest that'll go and feed somebody today or tomorrow. This is stuff that's past the expiration. It's probably more for um, um, animal feed. And then this is some other stuff that more suited 
for um, for composting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love for it to to create that so that space. There them. are states that and countries that are mandating this We're not quite there by yet, law. But, but, I, I, I wish, but I it's wish true. It I mean, like in, I, I don't know. I think it's France. Is it France with the, they um, have with the supermarkets, right? right? Or the grocery stores where they have to sort their, their um, trash and they have to put it like that, like you're mentioning. Um, And then like San Francisco, for example, they now have a bin for composting. Like they have to put their food waste in. And so then I guess there's a separate company now that partners with, um, and has a contract with the city um, in regards to collecting all of that and then taking it where it needs to go, right? Right. It's, you know, it really, when people look at that and they think, oh, that's, that's a lot of money, a lot of time and effort to put into it, but it's preventive, pre- preventative medicine, right? Yeah. Preventative measures. And, um, you know, the, the things that we do now will add, you know, will create less of an impact to the environment. And both the city and the state has sustainability goals. They've set up sustainability offices because they understand the impact that it has on, you know, Hawaiian islands. In the um, middle of the Pacific. Right, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're more subject to, you know, those changes. And so they have goals to do that. And they're starting to look at passing legislation to do exactly that, like what they're doing in Europe now to mandate that, you know, you have to do a better job in managing your waste. Like just the responsibility, I think, of businesses and homeowners, right? I think it will come down to us having to do it. And I think I probably mentioned this in every different sector that right now, a lot of it is more of the carrot versus the stick and the stick will come later. But a lot of it, we have incentives um, to do a lot of these things. And pretty soon it will just become standard. Yes. I think, or well, required. <laughs> and and that's, that's the thing, right, is, you know, through education and through uh, a lot of these efforts that we're doing now, the, the the eventual goal is that we change people's habits. We change our, our the way we consume or the, the relationship that we have with food and waste. And I think what's going to help is that before this ends up becoming a mandate and before it ends up becoming that we have to do this, you know, grudgingly, you know, if we can get to people and show them the importance of it, if we can get them to switch on that light of like why they're doing it and how they're helping and how an individual can help, um, that change is internal, right? And if you can switch on that light into an individual person, it doesn't make that change so difficult anymore, right? Because you've, you have more weighted purpose in why you're doing it and you have, it, maybe your heart's more invested into it, or maybe you feel, I mean, well, I know we all do like when it's just like a little tug on your heart, like, Oh, if you do this, you know, or maybe if you don't do this, then you start feeling guilty. Huh? <laughs> you have a little part of this guilty conscience if you don't do it. And then the more you get into um, serving and doing these types of things to help the community. And, and then when you don't do it, you kind of feel bad. So right. hopefully, I mean, I mean, hopefully it'll most, happen that most way. Most every larger uh, organizations or companies have some kind of a stewardship um, you know, program or you know, community giving program that they're invested in. And, you know, yeah, giving, giving money or scholarships or you know, community events or volunteer events, it's great, but if it's something that they can build into the culture of their business. And that's it. It's culture. Yeah, right. for and sure. The, the, the impact of that change alone would be a lot more significant than the amount of time or money that they, they, you know, they donate. Of course, you know, that, that caveat is I'm not turning people away that want to donate their time or money. Absolutely. But, you know, again, you know, longer term, larger impact, changing that mindset, changing that culture and, you know, incentivizing that now before it does become a stick in in, in the future. Because when it does happen, I think more than anything, if your mindset is changed, if your heart is changed to to helping the community in these kind of capacities, right? I feel that you, when it becomes mandated, one, you'll probably be like, oh, it's taken so long to, or, you know, second, you're like, you're kind of glad that it is because it'll just, make the process be more like the people that aren't on board will start 
working towards it too. So I think that will change a lot. And hopefully, <laughs> we'll see <laughs> how things go, right, with this new administration, because it's definitely for, I would say, sustainability. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I'm seeing that. I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it. And, you know, it's, it's something that we need to kind of work towards in uh, rebuilding the relationship, I guess, I guess, you know, with, with uh, new folks in, in place. Uh, but I, I feel that that desire is there, um, you know, whether at the, at the department level or at the executive or, or um, you know, legislative level. Um, you know, the, the desire is there to work towards that. Um, and the, the thing about food waste is it's not necessarily asking to invest more money into it. It's just so we're saving, right. actually. Yeah, and you know the, the the little investment in time and resource that you put into it, you you, you get so much more back, mm-hmm. and so it actually does become a cost saving, not in the long run, in the in the short term for a lot of people, they'll see the uh, immediate um, um, benefit of uh, just diverting um, waste from become, uh, food from becoming waste. For sure. Um, now, I guess. I wanted to dive into, um, do you guys, I didn't even look into this in detail, but are you guys just here on Oahu? Are you expanding to neighbor islands or are we, is it, I know it says Aloha Harvest and say Hawaii Harvest. So, but I was just curious. I was just curious where we're at. I know you're here locally on Oahu, so. No, currently our operations are just here on island, on Oahu. Uh, we do service the entire island. Um, Definitely, we need to do a better job getting out to other communities as well. Uh, by and large, we service a, a good portion of uh, businesses and agencies in the Metro Honolulu area. So yeah, we need we need to do a better job going out towards the leeward coast, towards uh, the North Shore or Kolaloa, or uh, even the windward side. But you know, we have your hands full here. On yes, we do. I mean, but we do, we, we do, can do we can the do other neighbor more. islands have the other anything? neighbor islands they don't have. Um, a food rescue organization that's to our scale or exactly what we do. But they do have somewhere um, to they go. They do have some, you know, food rescue to some degree. I know some of the food banks do that. Uh, okay. They work directly with some um, restaurants. We There's there's a few um, gleaning um, organizations um, on the neighbor islands as well. Um, Common Grounds and uh, Common Ground Collective in Maui, um, Kuku Harvest on Hawaii Island. Um, Malama Kauai, um, they're, you know, they're focused more on, um, you know, produce um, okay. from local uh, landowners or backyards and, you know, but nothing to to the degree that we do here where we have and we've been growing our fleet, uh, we've bring, been growing our staff and we do focus more on the local businesses. So we do large volume of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, we get pallets and pallets of food sometimes. Um but yeah, the desire is there to expand to the neighbor islands because I think partnering with the organizations that's already there on ground, we could bring in some of the things that we're good at, some of the resources that we may have, that may not, they may not have access to. And I think if we work together in you know, finding or filling the need for their specific community, We'd love to be able to do that. Um, yeah. And, well, I you mean, know, beyond you, Oahu, you, yeah. uh, we'd love to get into into the neighbor islands as well. Because, I mean, a lot of the organizations or companies, I would say, the businesses that you work with are statewide. Yes. And so you're already working with the majority here on island. Then they're also on the neighbor islands, and they're probably run by the same mm-hmm. entity. So, yeah, to probably find a way to streamline that for the neighbor islands would be pretty awesome. Because um, I know they need the help too. <laughs> Absolutely, and, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the establishing a statewide presence has always been um, a goal for a little harvest. And you know, going into 2021 and beyond, definitely we want to make a big push and not kind of lose sight of that long-term, uh, long-term growth goal for us. So yeah, we, uh, we'd love to be. I'd love to be able to be sitting here with you in a few years from now doing another podcast and saying, yeah, you know what, we just launched in, you know, West Hawaii, or, you know, we just launched in Kauai, you know, that, that'd that's be awesome, so awesome. To, to share that. So, um, how, I wanted to dive into how to get involved. So let's just start with businesses. How many businesses are working with you right now to donate, I would say? 
Um, actively, I think we have close to about 400 donors that are active. And if there um, was somebody maybe listening to this and they want to participate, like what would they do? Uh, best way would be to send us a quick email, info at alohaharvest.org. And, you know, somebody from our team will um, reach out and we may do a site, site visit or, you know, just maybe talk over the phone and see what it is, you know, how they want to get involved and what capacity they have, you know, whether as a donor or as a distribution point for us. Uh, if you already have a food pantry or a feeding program, we'd love to be able to support that with the donations that we receive from the businesses. So, you know, for anyone listening that want to get involved, um, yeah, I can, you can give us a call, 537-6945, uh, uh, but the best way would probably be through email, info uh -huh. at aloharvest.org, and somebody, somebody from our team will, will get back to them and you know, that, that's a big push for us now is to recruit more businesses to be involved, um, you know, educate them about the merits of, um, you know, becoming a donor, becoming a partner. Um, and know. then what if you're just a volunteer, like a person that would say, hey, you know what, I could do a run here and there. Um, just someone wanting to volunteer. What is what do they need to do? Absolutely. So, you know, on our website, um, aloharvest.org, there's a there's a volunteer uh, button at the top right. Uh, folks can log on, create a profile, and you know we have our, our volunteer management system in place. And so that as we create um, volunteer opportunities, if you if you've generated a profile, we'll try to do a match with your availability and your interest. Um, you know, as far as, you know, what it is exactly in the, the food rescue um, um, operations you want to get involved in, and we'll, we'll try to connect you with that. Uh, for instance, yesterday we had a, um, a food distribution at Central Union Church, and, uh, you know, we served about four, I think, a um, little less than 400 um, uh, kupuna, and um, uh, for that we enlisted the I think we had about um, six volunteers that came on site and helped with the uh, food distribution. Um, today, we have another volunteer that's helping, um, you know, with some administrative things at the office. And so, there's a lot of stuff that um, folks can get involved in, and that that volunteer food rescue where you're picking up and dropping off. That's something that we've tried to a smaller scale in the past, and what we're working on now is developing the the application and the platform to support that on a larger scale so, so are you kind of creating that yourself because i do remember that it does it was kind of expensive to join for a nonprofit to join one of those um organizations that have that whole app set up right, right. so and there was yeah, a, a certain yeah. cost so we're, we're in the process of uh, developing that so we've done some work to kind of bolster up our 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 database and then you know just the, um, on the back end of things and so now we're transitioning into the second phase of that um, project and we're actually going to integrate that into our website and hopefully launch a, a mobile mobile component to it that would be super cool and then that would be the opportunity for volunteers to be like food runners absolutely okay absolutely and so and you know but it all starts with you know signing up and creating a profile on our website and, you know, whether that's a, a desire for somebody to get involved, you know, we'll connect them in some way. All right. So um, I think the last thing, if we have something like that, I think for COVID-wise, that's a pretty safe measures, as in just picking up something individually and dropping it off somewhere. Um, but, you know, if you're, you are looking at volunteering on a bigger, you know, person to person, you know, they do provide all of that kind of, you know, COVID safe mm -hmm. social distancing setups um, with our Eco Rotary, we have protocol as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, we still need volunteers during this time and we're still needing, you know, actual people coming, you know, into the area to actually do things. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a need. So if you guys are willing and able to volunteer, I'm sure they'll be happy to have you. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll throw it out there. Um, you know, the, your eco-rotarians, they were actually, they came out early on in the pandemic. Uh, part of what we did was we started to um, 
um, we started to do a volunteer harvest. There were some farms that had stuff that was already growing, and because the hotels and the restaurants shut down, that 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 stream um, essentially dried up for them. Mm-hmm. And so they had stuff that was growing and had nowhere to go. And so uh, a, a few times, uh, some of your um, uh, members from Rotary uh, came out and helped helped us to harvest some uh, some local produce out on the North Shore. And so. You know, instead of roping out in the sun, you know, that went to um, uh, Kinui Restaurant down in Wanaya Valley, um, a couple of uh, nonprofits on the North Shore as well, and it fed uh, um, Malama, um, Malama, uh, out on the, um, on the leeward side. And so it, the, the food went to good use. And it, That's it was great, it was awesome great to, to see um, folks that, you know, kind of get out there. Obviously, with COVID, it, the, the volunteerism, we've been a lot more um, careful and selective and definitely you know we, we want to make sure we're providing um, you know we the social distancing is there uh, we provide the uh, protective gear and you know, um, you know hand sanitizers and those kinds of things and we, we screen the volunteers as they come in as well but you know as we come out and you know we progress through this um, pandemic recovery and, and more folks become uh, you know vaccinated uh, we'll get a better control, you know, of the virus, and then we'll go back to some form of normalcy, and then you know we'll we'll, we'll push more and we'll create more opportunities for people to get involved, and we'd love to see you folks back out there with us, uh, or you know some of your listeners to uh, you know sign up and uh, become a volunteer or a donor. Thank you so much. I think we pretty much covered all of the questions I had today, and um, Are you I. Any calls? Are you pardon? Are you taking any calls? Any questions? No. No calls at the moment okay. because this will probably air in about a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyhow, I will have all your information for Aloha Harvest. The the information that you also gave over the um, podcast will be in the notes for podcast. And um, I think that's it. We're wrapping things up. Thank you, Phil, for joining us. And um, I also wanted to mention, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.org. Also follow us on Instagram at at smart underscore living underscore Hawaii and like us on Facebook. Until next time, live smart. Mahalo.